Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. Uh, I hope everyone had a really great Christmas and a really great New Year as well. I certainly did. This is actually our first mini-series episode, so this is episode nine of Dear Writer, but uh, it's our first episode in our Creative Life mini-series, which is exciting. Yes. So I'm very excited to jump into it. So we're going to be talking about how we culture creativity uh, by getting out into nature. Yes, yeah. The most obvious place to start is probably about talking about what each of us do to get out into the outdoors and how we find it helps with our creativity. I'll go to you first, Sarah. (laughs) Okay. So I am not very good at getting out into nature. I am someone who is a total hermit and I love to stay inside (laughs) where it is warm and dry and not windy. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it when I get out there. Um, It's especially kind of weird considering that I grew up on a farm and even though I've always felt very (laughs) hermit-like, very introverted, very hermit-like, I, my mother pushed me out the door on a frequent basis to ride horses and help out with the sheep, help out with the cows, (laughs) help out on the farm. And she was... (laughs) always the type of person who would throw open the curtains if we were watching tv midday and like get out there which I do I did not appreciate time but I do appreciate that now because now I am the person who has to boot myself out the door (laughs) and so you're rebelling as an adult like I'm not going outside I don't have to you can't make me precisely and my husband Dan he is not very good either at getting outside we are both the same in that regard so we're quite a bad influence on each other but then yeah I do find when I do go out I usually go to like parks or even just sit on the steps outside when I can (laughs) I guess yeah and I do I would like to hike more but um since moving to Canada I am a bit nervous of the wildlife after being spoiled growing up in New Zealand. So if you don't know, in New Zealand, probably the scariest animals that you would encounter would be like a wild boar, like a wild pig. Yeah, and that's probably that's, the scariest. That's pretty much it. Like, <laughs> Although possums at night in the dark are pretty terrifying. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> oh, they can make some weird noises, but <laughs> they're not like... I remember camping once and we just heard this noise. We, we weren't too far from, we used to have a horse riding arena and we, me and my younger brother were camping and we just heard this noise and it kind of went. Oh. <laughs> and we were just like, it kind of sounded like, it almost sounded like someone was in the arena going through the sand, except mm. it was like a wet, okay. almost like a wet kind of sounding sand noise. Um, <laughs> But we're like, what the heck is it? And then we went outside 
and match on his torch in a tree. Sure enough, you see like these two round reflective eyes staring back at you and we're like, it's a possum. It's a possum. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, so I do find when I go outside, when I actually make it out there, um, it helps me focus more. And because as you may have noticed, I go off on tangents all the time. My brain is constantly working and going out into nature helps it to calm down and kind of ground myself more. <laughs> so yes, how does it how does it help you, Ashley? And what sort of things do you do? Um, so I always have to be doing things. I can't really sit still, which is part of the reason I think sometimes I struggle with writing because I always have so many other things that I need to be doing, or always like moving around because I feel. I feel bad for just sitting there, which possibly explains why I work in a lab where I'm on my feet all day, <laughs> walking around, barely have time to sit, kind of fits, I guess, sort of well with the person that I am. But because of that, I do get outdoors quite a bit. And my family is very, very outdoorsy. Um, so is my husband, James. James and my father are like two peas in a pod. <laughs> They are hunting and fishing and doing all sorts together. Whenever they're around, I barely see them because they're off on some other adventure. But because of that, it does it has rubbed off on me quite a bit. I go for a lot of walks, especially with our um, having our puppy. We walk him a lot and we've got a couple little like inner city nature reserve bushwalk things nearby, mm -hmm. which, which are nice. But I also try and do hikes when I can. Obviously, I am in Auckland, so... It's a bit harder to do hikes, especially because yeah. the local, I don't know if it's a mountain range. We go with like very, very large hills, Waitakere Ranges. At the moment, we can't really hike there because of coldy dieback disease. So most of the tracks there are right. closed. So if we want to hike, we have to travel quite far afield. Um, but I have done some recently. I'm also a big fan of the beach. I always have been. I grew up in a place called Mount Monganui, which is literally on the beach so I'm very used to being able to toddle off down there yeah. go for a swim go for a surf or even just sit there and read a book that's one of my favorite things it's just sitting on the beach and reading a book I miss the beach now <laughs> living in Calgary oh, it's the sea the smell of the sea I never even used it that much but I miss it <laughs> weird things you miss when you move overseas mm -hmm. smell of the sea sound of the wave just yeah. being able to just relax except for the ever-present threat of sunburn yes which is yeah. often a deterrent <laughs> and that's another thing in New Zealand that is quite bad because there is a hole in the ozone la layer over top of New Zealand so if you ever go mm -hmm. there bring sunblock because you can get burnt very easily especially if you're not from New Zealand we seem to have a bit hardier skins <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes but yeah skin cancer is high in New Zealand. Speaking of that. of that, James hilariously, I don't know why we're on a sunblock topic, but he got sunburnt actually the same day, no, the day before my Christmas party. And he's very pasty. I always mock him for being reflective. <laughs> Anyways. The British UK skin tone. He was like a photograph, just he was slowly developing as the evening went on. So I was like, oh, you've burnt your back. And then like half an hour later, I was like, oh, oh no, there's like a little patch on his stomach where he'd like obviously like turned over. And then a couple hours later, I was like, oh, I think you've burnt the back of your knees, James. Oh, oh, that's a sore spot. <laughs> but anyways, back to the, back to the point. I do find that when I go outside in nature, do, do anything really outdoors, 
it definitely clears my mind and I find that I'm able to forget about a lot of the intricacies of the plot or characters I'm finding particularly challenging and I'm able to once I return inside just get on and write usually so it's often a trick for me if I'm really struggling go for a walk go outside see how that goes although I think it is probably um, a bit easier for me being here and it being summer yes (laughs) than it would be for other people who are stuck in winter where it's definitely colder or are restricted because of COVID which is another thing at the moment yeah that can happen do you have any suggestions or well because you are stuck in winter and probably find it more challenging to get outside any advice for people who are in that situation so again like even sitting outside when you can having a cup of coffee on steps of your house and the sunshine can be quite refreshing but sometimes even that can be impossible sitting in a snowbank <laughs> imagine <laughs> yeah. seeing your little hat poking out of the snow exactly so here in calgary the snow season is basically eight months of the year so like from october all the way through to may and particularly in those shoulder seasons like october and may we have quite heavy snowfall and then in between it kind of settles down but there's still snow around because in between it can in the depths of winter it can get as low as minus 30 degrees celsius i don't miss those temperatures (laughs) yeah on those days you do not want to be outside at all (laughs) so i have a couple of tips for me bringing the outdoors inside is a great solution like as we're speaking i have a couple of low maintenance indoor plants that are sitting on my desk I would tell you what they are, but I honestly cannot remember. <laughs> One's like, aka the snake plant, the suns, I want to say sansevieria, sansevieria, something like that. And it's like a cylindrical one. My knowledge of indoor plants is not high. <laughs> but then the other one I have, I really can't even remember. I think it starts with P. <laughs> Helpful. But anyways, basically they need like very little sunlight because our house doesn't get very much sunlight inside at all and they also need very little watering so like sometimes I don't water them for like a month or two months and they are still fine they are still living and growing (laughs) so that is helpful if you're like me and not very good at watering plants (laughs) which is kind of funny considering I'm not so bad at looking after people but plants no the other thing that I do is that I have a playlist of like not uh songs but like uh sounds so like you know the type of thing that you might put on to help yourself go to sleep yeah sound of the waves crashing yeah i themed mine to new zealand scenes so it'll be like new zealand bush in the morning or (laughs) hear some twoies chirping away I'm i'm trying to i'm gonna bring up the playlist now so i can read out some of the the names (laughs) the estuary and seashore ocean waves i don't think that one's themed to new zealand but it reminded me of a beach that we used to holiday on so i put that one in there new zealand daytime forest anyways (laughs) you get the point yeah so i did that because i mean one being being in canada you know i do have homesickness from time to time and though some things i find like too much and will just make me more miserable 
to think about (laughs) but I find the sounds of the bush and that kind of thing just really make me quite calm and I think that's Mm -hmm. quite helpful for creative writing as well especially if you're trying to recreate a setting if you play some of this music like the beach or the bush or even I'm sure you could even find like a summer storm I'm sure you could find like city sounds like traffic or something if you wanted to oh my gosh <laughs> but if you yeah just close your eyes and then play this playlist it can really put you in that setting so it can help inspire creativity that way um is one of the the tips that I have but yeah, it's also really good for connecting you with places like like I do to help me feel mm-hmm. more at home. <laughs> Makes it sounds like a good idea making like a sounds of nature playlist. It took me a bit of searching to be able to find appropriate tracks, but I was going to say there might be you probably came across some weird ones. Yes, and you're like, oh dear, no. <laughs> and then sometimes you're like, oh, that one's got singing, that's got singing. Where's the ones that are like just sounds? <laughs> <laughs> but you can't find them you just have to have to have a bit of a searching session I have to give it a go I think it can be very helpful in writing for sure do you have any tips so I obviously don't have the problem of snow or really cold temperatures but sometimes it is a challenge because I'm in the middle of the city to get away to places that really feel because I quite like isolated the feeling of isolation when you're out there so it's a bit hard to find that but I do go to a lot of parks and I do have a garden. I have an indoor garden and an outdoor garden, which I find very soothing. For some reason, the act of growing things, <laughs> I don't know why, but it really helps. So in my outdoor garden, I've got quite a number of plants at the moment. Right. I've got yeah. some silver bees and some spinach and some tomatoes, courgettes, and a bunch of herbs. We should say that courgettes, uh, zucchini. courgettes yeah, zucchini for North Americans, so they're not totally confused. <laughs> Sorry, yes, courgettes slash zucchinis. But I've just started a hydroponic garden in my garage because, so I had some old fish tanks and I was going to sell them or get rid of them. And I was kind of like, uh, I like being able to repurpose stuff. So I was trying to think of something I could do with it. And then I stumbled across hydroponics and how you can use fish tanks to grow plants and things in sustainable ways. So I immediately, immediately decided that was what my fish tanks were going to be. <laughs> so I'm growing lettuce and I'm growing bok choy. And it was very handy because I had the, it was a tropical fish tank. So I had the water aeration stuff, which you need for hydroponics. And I also have the UV lamps as well, because we had, I don't know, James is growing seaweed things, aqua plants. There we go. But at the moment, I don't need to use the UV lamps because the sunlight, it turns out in New Zealand is by far sufficient when it's (laughs) next to a window. But I think in, in winter, I'll probably need to use the lamps. Otherwise, I also agree with being just sitting like either in your garden or on your steps it actually worked for me recently. As I mentioned, I think in the previous podcast, I was stuck on one of my chapters. And for a while, I'd been going, you know, write 100 words, delete 100 words somewhere else, write 100 words, delete 100 words. It was getting very frustrating. (laughs) So I did take my uh, laptop outside into the garden and sat in the sun after work one day. And it worked a treat because I did manage to write like over a thousand words in that sitting, which was very, which is very good for me. Yeah. I usually have to, usually not struggle to get words down, but I am more of a 500 words, especially during the week. Cause I have to obviously work first. So I get home and then force, you know, a couple hundred words out. <laughs> but a thousand words was a really good, yeah, yeah, was a really good effort on my part. But the music thing as well, 
I do use occasionally. But for me, instead of using sounds to remind me of places, I do use actual songs, mostly because they remind me of specific atmospheres or places. And usually those, because my family's very outdoorsy, they involve a lot of those memories have elements of the outdoors in them. Like, for example... Uh, I was born in Canada and I grew up in a place called Emsdale, which is a few hours north of Toronto and there are hardly any people there. Very isolated. We grew up on 100 acres of forest and a lot of songs, especially country songs for some reason, remind me very heavily of that. Songs like The House That Built Me by Miranda Lambert or most of the music from the Zac Brown Band. (laughs) For some reason, it always takes me back to that. That feels very grounded, their music. Mm. So when I listen, sometimes I'll listen to music like that if I'm wanting to feel a bit nostalgic. Otherwise, as I mentioned before, my family is very into hunting and fishing. So my dad used to take us fishing all the time. And by fishing, I mean like large game fishing. So marlin, tuna, which always require very long days out on the water, often 12 hours, (laughs) um, where you can hardly see land, especially if it's a bit hazy. But he, his soundtrack to, uh, for our boat was always Jack Johnson. So now whenever I listen to Jack Johnson, I'm immediately transported to literally just being a little bobbing boat in the middle of the ocean. (laughs) So (laughs) that helps me a lot if I'm wanting to escape the sounds of the city for a little bit. Yeah. So just to put it in context as well, just to stop people getting too confused. Ashley was born in Canada and moved to New Zealand when she was young. I was born in New Zealand. We went to school in New Zealand and then I went off on the world, met my husband and ended up in Canada. So it's kind of a bit strange, but yeah, uh, we both have connections to Canada and New Zealand. (laughs) I like it. I I think it's kind of cool. Anyways. We're getting back to our topic. Yes. Do you have any specific moments that you can remember where you were inspired while being outdoors? I've kind of mentioned this, that I have ideas springing to my mind constantly. So when I go outdoors, I almost find that my mind quietens down a little bit and I don't really get ideas outdoors so much. But I do think that while I'm outdoors, you know, I'm taking in all this information and my mind quietly kind of mulls over the things that I've seen. And then I use it in my writing later. You know, you might have heard of it in the last podcast about how I use experiences with sharing sheep, for example. And yeah, I've mentioned in a blog post before how my granddad was really a huge inspiration um, to me in our teen series for describing native New Zealand wildlife like the birds because he was a devoted bird watcher and a brilliant photographer and I remember many bushwalks with him so every time I write about New Zealand birds I think of those walks and I often will just to even recreate and sounds because it's not every day that you come across some of these native birds as well as I'll research them on the internet and so I can describe them as well but certainly sort of walking through the bush and stuff like helps helps you kind of understand the types of sounds and how different forests and different places can feel different from like one another. Like here in Canada, for example, people ask me, you know, is Canada like New Zealand? And 
in some ways like some things are like when i went to vancouver i remember the smell of rain like in the smell like the wet damp smell mm-hmm. that kind of made me think of new zealand a bit more because <laughs> we come from the the bay of plenty the area in new zealand which it gets its name because it gets a lot of rainfall in the bay of plenty unsurprisingly <laughs> yes so that kind of reminded me but then the woods feel quite different like and I think that's why New Zealand we kind of refer to it as the bush because there's a lot of layers to it where there's like tall trees and smaller trees and then like really bushy shrubs as you're like fighting through whereas my experience in Canada has been more like woods where there are tall trees and less um, ground cover although I'm not saying that there doesn't exist shrubby and small like (laughs) bush type areas in Canada by any means but that's just been my experience of it so far especially here in Calgary yeah I guess the snow probably doesn't help the young growth no yeah I guess in New Zealand we have lots of the ferns and things like that because they get to grow all year round yes exactly so I think recognizing that different places have different feels kind of helps when you you go outside and you're trying to describe places I would definitely agree because I find often if I go, especially in the New Zealand bush, if I go for a walk in there, it really helps me get a much clearer vision of the setting and the characters, especially for our teen fiction book where a lot of the time they're in the bush. So often when I'm walking, it feels like, well, you are basically immersed in the setting that they're in. So it does help sort of imagine our characters better. You can kind of see them you know, wandering around camp or doing whatever um, and also helps bring more specific events that happen in our book into a sharper focus as well Mm -hmm. because you can really like, I guess, transfer the forest that you're seeing and then transpose them into it. So I definitely agree with with that. And I'm kind of like you, I don't, I don't usually get specific ideas, but it is always a good time to mull things over, especially when you're walking with a friend because you can chat about all of those annoying problems that you're having with your writing yeah plot problems and whatnot and often manage to get unstuck while walking I think it's probably one of the biggest benefits I often chat to James about problems in our book when we're hiking (laughs) weirdly that's funny (laughs) or I'll be like the other day we were driving and um James is like oh yes that is the mountain where grace blah 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 <laughs> and I was like what he was like <laughs> that's funny I was like oh you're right he's like I can see them now climbing it and I'm like, <laughs> that was pretty that's funny right this is pretty funny <laughs> iconic moments yes <laughs> do you have um, any other sort of ways people can connect with nature that you can think of I really feel like it's less about where you are and more about how you open yourself up to experience things mm-hmm And I think nature helps us to do that, uh, which is why it does help to inspire creativity. Well, I once did a general education course at Auckland University. Um, I sort of did a random year of study, (laughs) but it was on creative dance. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. It it was amazing. It was very, uh, really got in touch with yourself and it had some very interesting moments um one of which was going outside we had to hug or touch a tree and try to feel the tree (laughs) 
which I know that sounds a little bit hippie-like, but hey. <laughs> I'm just imagining a class of people in Albert Park, which is the park by the university, just hugging and feeling trees. And people being like, what's going on? Where the dance building was, it was just kind of as you go down the hill into the city, if anyone's ever been to Auckland. Okay. And there's like this small green patch with like a few trees and then like a park bench <laughs> on the side of a hill. And so we're all just like out there, like feeling the trees. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we had to go inside and then we had to interpret how we felt uh, with the trees into a dance and turn it into a dance. That's amazing. No, it sounds, it's like, it seems funny, but also helpful at the same time. Like I can see. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how it could help. It was a very spiritual kind of course. And it, the exam was very interesting because of that. Like it felt very airy fairy kind of. Yeah. I got an A on it because, you know, it was one of those ones where you could kind of bullshit your way yeah. through a little bit. We had to write a letter in this exam, like a pretend letter to someone. So that was amazing <laughs> about and convince them about like a specific type of uh, dance and why they should include it in a program. I don't know. Get you a bit of creative writing as well as creative dance. Exactly. And we also did a bit of freefall writing in it as well, which I think we'll have a chat about in one of our other podcasts in this culture and creativity series. But just going back to the sort of feeling the nature and then trying to interpret it, I think you can kind of do the same thing with writing. And it's about the experience of how you feel when you're in nature and how can that improve your writing? How can you echo nature through the pen and sort of bring it more into your work? And, you know, like characters, they're never, it's very rare that you'd have a character like stuck indoors for like an entire chapter yeah. doing nothing. So going out into nature and experiencing these things to give your characters more sort of authenticity and a better feel to them can kind of help develop things I think what would you have to say on that Ashley I would agree I've never done a creative tree dance but I can definitely (laughs) um, understand or see the benefit in taking an outdoor experience and then trying to channel that experience through some other medium whether it be dance or even music like writing songs I can see that or listening to music playing music even I know we both like to play guitar yes so I I can definitely see the benefit and something like that Um, so I think we are almost out of time yes we did have one more thing that we wanted to talk about so a lot of people are excited about being finally able to travel again after COVID and are beginning to think about trips they can do and how do you think travel has added to your writing and what sort of tips would you give around that I can actually give a very specific example for this (laughs) so um Pre, Pre-COVID, uh, James and I went to Europe for our honeymoon. So we went to Italy and Greece uh, because Greece is somewhere I had always wanted to go. And you can probably see where I'm going with this since our new <laughs> no- historical fiction novel we're writing is set in ancient Greece. So that has helped me a lot and specifically helped me with the setting because having been there there were a few things I did bring my notebook actually you're not going to be able to see this but I think Sarah will appreciate it (laughs) I took notes while I was over there um just like a few things about you know elements of the setting that I had noticed um and needed to you know be sure that we included in our books or when we were describing things so one of them 
I remember noting down that it was dusty. You can see I literally wrote notes. Very dusty. It's wind, windy. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, very dusty. Mostly a pale dust, not quite white, but close to it. <laughs> windy, but not, uh, but a hot wind. Trees okay. are scrubby and short, only about shoulder height. Covers most of the landscape. I was like, also around Athens, very hilly. Heat equals mm -hmm. hot, heavy heat, kind of humid. No rain all summer, many lizards. <laughs> many lizards. <laughs> but the best part. Um, oh, they possibly had panthers, question mark. And then the best part is I drew a picture of a stick man next to a shrub to illustrate the height. It's about, um, I'd say like arm, just, just under arm height. Like, I want to say nipple height, but that sounds a bit dodge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then I drew drawing. it, I drew it um, then covering a hill. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so yeah, it can help. And take notes and draw <laughs> pictures, even if you're not an artist. They are brilliant to look back on. <laughs> yes, that would be um, that would be my advice. Take notes while you're overseas. You never know what will inspire you in writing, <laughs> or what will be helpful to you. Like a picture of a speckled hill. <laughs> yeah. So. I love to travel as well, um, which is hilarious since we've explained the rest of the time I'm an absolute hermit, um, but I have really missed it since COVID, and it certainly makes me appreciate other cultures and not just that, but cultures of the past, because I've been to quite a number of places. I was trying to count up the countries that I've been without wanting to brag I was just trying to give everyone an idea of like how traveled I've been so I've been like not hugely well traveled but about like 15 to 20 different countries so probably more than the average person I would guess but uh, I think New Zealanders are generally yeah we're, we're quite, quite well traveled intrepid because <laughs> otherwise we're very isolated from everywhere else so we need yes. to and when you, because we're so far away, when you go somewhere, you like want to make the most of it and see as many places as you can because you've traveled such a long way. Yeah, I've also like, this is, Canada is the third country that I've lived in for any period of time. And I think living in other countries really helps you recognize your own culture as well. But yeah, like going back to the recognizing like cultures of the past. So I've, me and Dan had our honeymoon in China and so, you know, like we went to things like the, the Great Wall, the Terracotta Warriors, like all those kind of really amazing mm -hmm. um, historical sites. And when you see these things, you just realize how far advanced the cultures of the past were. Like we like to believe in the modern day that we're very advanced technologically, but I think it's equally important to recognize that actually there are more advanced in the past than what you might think and they had very uh interesting ways of solving like different problems and things so i think that helps sort of gain a perspective of that which has certainly been helpful for our ancient greece books yeah definitely definitely i think any sort of travel and exposure to overseas cultures and especially in particular context to our ancient greece book um ancient civilizations is very eye-opening i would suggest it but yeah i think we should probably round up this talk did you have anything that you wanted to say no i think we pretty much covered 
everything but maybe before we do end we should tell everyone what our next episodes are going to be what next episode is going to be about because we have another mini series to announce to everyone yes so next week exciting we're on a weekly um podcast episodes this feels really cool to say next week on dear writer we are going to be having the first of our authors spotlight interviews so we're doing like a new series which is the new author or aspiring author spotlight and interviewing a bunch of people around that so check it out for next week exciting i'm very excited about this we kind of felt that there's so many other people out there who are in the same position as we are and we'd really like to be able to you know talk about their experiences they can tell us what they're going through they can tell us about their projects that are on the go it'll be really great to hear people's stories too yeah and when we're looking for like a range of people's experiences so not just like you know you hear a lot of success stories about oh I was knee deep in my work and then I decided to become a writer and bam to well you know a couple years later look at me now kind of things which is quite good and inspiring for like hopefully you know everyone who is planning on becoming a writer and going that road will hopefully get there. But um, we also wanted to document people's trips on the way and everyone from like different backgrounds and things. So it should be interesting. I think so. I'm really looking forward to it. So I guess we will see you next week. Yes. Happy writing everyone. Please feel free to subscribe to us and rate it if you're on Apple Podcasts and write review all those types of things and talk to us on Instagram, Facebook, lindersoncreations.com. Yeah, happy writing everyone.